Hello, my name is Calvin Emekawonga and it is my privilege to welcome you once again to this episode of Your Sports Memo Podcast. In this episode of Your Sports Memo Podcast, I am going to have the absolute privilege of having in the pod with me an African football legend, a former African footballer of the year, a CAF Champions Cup winner. He has won also a former Barcelona player, a former Sporting Lisbon of Portugal player. I'm sure you now know who I am talking about. As a coach, he is a multi um, under 17 World Cup winner. There is no other person. This is no other person than Emmanuel Amunike. The former coach of the Taifa Stars of Tanzania. He, the one that broke a 39-year um, drought of that country participating at the AFCON when he qualified them for the 2019 AFCON that was held in Egypt. When I come back from this very short break, I would have Ima Amunike with me in the port. Please stay tuned. Yes, you're welcome back to your Sports Memo Podcast. Like I promised, I have got in the pod with me African football legend Emmanuel Amunike who is speaking to me from his base, which I would um, um, keep a bit quiet. He, he will release that himself if he has to. So I've got with me um, 1994 Afghan winner. 1996 Atlanta Olympics gold medal in football event winner, uh, former Barcelona, Sporting Lisbon, uh, Julius Berger, Zamalek of Egypt player, um, Emmanuel Amunike. Uh, Ima, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, right. Um, you know, while I was thinking about, I was thinking about you, and every time I think about you, it always, I always remember one episode. I remember how you burst into um, the limelight in Nigeria, and that Cairo '91 All African Games. Do you, considering all that happened, that's happened to you in your life, do you even remember that tournament? Yeah, of course, I remember the tournament. That was uh, that was the beginning of our journey in the international scenario. That was our first, I think, uh, tournament. Uh, I was privileged to participate with Nigerian under-23 national team in Cairo. Mm. And uh, that uh, tournament also, you know, afforded me the opportunity of being signed by uh, Zamalek at the end of the day. So I remember it very well, and uh, I remembered my colleagues. Some have passed, like uh, Christopher. Chris, Chris uh, mm. uh, Yeah, some have passed on, like John Agum. But uh, of course, the ones that are alive, uh, uh, we created a forum where we have interaction. Oh, you do? Uh, although, uh, yeah, we have a forum created by Gide Ogutu Ashe. So we remember that we remember that unfortunately you know like uh put in the in the forum uh on crown uh, champion <laughs> unfortunately we lost but uh, yeah it was a great team it was a great team uh, with a great coach james peter mm. and uh, uh, we say thank you and i say thank you to him you know for giving me the privilege to be part of that team Ima, you know that tournament uh, I, I i grew i grew up in first act there was a play, there was a there was a friend of mine who was in the squad in um, in the camp, but he didn't make the final team to to um, to, Cairo. to Cairo. So I remember one afternoon, the guy we were all sitting down. You know how you sit down in first act and you're discussing. Yeah. And this guy says yeah. to the guy says to us, "Oh boy, we get this small boy where they play eleven, where they go Cairo, Ima." Imada boy, they play ball. That's what, that's what this guy was saying that time. Uh, ah, wait, make now wait, make Cairo rich. 
you now go see that boy because he 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 tried he was in the squad to play left back so he said he used yeah. to he used to play in front of him so yeah. so the tournament starts and i i started watching out for you you scored this goal against uganda my god i was speechless i said how did this guy do this goal now we then get to that match against cameroon tell me eh, when you got that red card and you were walking out of the pitch what was going through your mind well i was disappointed of course uh, nobody will love to be sent off i was disappointed i I felt for my teammates I, because uh, my teammates uh, they believed so much in me. Uh, you know that team. I came into that team towards to the last uh, preparation to the All African game. Okay. So I came in uh, uh, game. I was in Los Vega. I played against. Uh, we played a friendly game against uh, Super Eagles when their preparation uh, a game against uh, Ghana. So I think that game was played on Wednesday or Tuesday. It was spotted after the game. Uh, Chuku called me, and in two weeks' time, that was how I saw my name on the national paper that I had been invited to join the team in Kaduna. Mm. And, uh, on getting to Kaduna, you know, I was able to convince the team coaches that I can add something to the team, and that was how I made the team. So basically, in all the friendly games that we play, scoring three goals, uh, one uh, and assist. So at the end, uh, you know, I, I was able to make that. Thing. But when I was uh, rescarded, uh, you know, it was a disappointing moment for me as a player. And uh, also, I felt for my teammates. And eventually, we went on, you know, losing that game. I remember there was a, a shot that I took, and uh, unfortunately, the ball hit at the Wood, uh, that is the bar, and yes. bounced to the other bar and then rolled yes. out again. Yes. <laughs> uh, it didn't go in and then we lost that game. But, you know, that's football. You learn from all those things. And I think uh, after that red card, also, you know, I was able to learn a lot of things. I was able to, you know, to be more mature and control my anger, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, in football, of course, uh, when you are being spotted as one of the a dangerous player, the opponent, of course, uh, people will come up with all traits to frustrate you. But of course, we are all growing at that time. Mm. And, uh, uh, we thank God, you know, we were able to learn and then that really helped us to manage our emotion and control our anger. You see, I, um, I've, always, I've always believed that it's extremely important that um, somebody who plays and the sports to a certain level that when he decides to uh, when he finishes playing and then becomes a manager he a manager or a coach he is in the position to to understand what his player is thinking what what his player is thinking before a game what his player is thinking between some um, scenarios during the game so he, he can empathize and then will be in a position to to make corrections to so do you think that do, do you agree with me that um the experience you've you gathered as a as a player when you uh, when you were as, as I was trying to list out some of the stuff you did as a player so many so many so many that do you know do you think that as you progressed into coaching that your playing experience um played a huge role in in where you are currently and in, in your coaching activities well i think it plays a it plays a big role and uh, it also deals along with uh, managers that have been your coaches uh, in as much as you're a player you're also learning one thing or the other mm-hmm. uh, the way they manage situation <laughs> the work of a coach is not an easy job because uh, everybody expects a uh, result. At uh, times, things are not going the way, you know, uh, you as a coach or what you have planned, mm-hmm. uh, things are not going that way. But it's always key uh, managing your emotions, managing the environment. Uh, in modern coaching now, you are not just only coaching uh, players. 
think uh, you try to manage the situation, you try to manage the environment, uh, you try to manage everybody that is uh, you know, uh, linked to the team yeah. for success to come on board. So you are not just uh, coaching the players, it's not just a, uh, let's go to the training and we train and go. No, mm-hmm. you are trying to manage, you are trying to transmit confidence to the players, you are at the same time, you are trying to resolve the doubts that the players have. Uh, mm. In football now, nothing is hidden. Uh, Often times you hear people talk about the tactics. Uh, for me, a tactical play now is no longer a hidden thing. Everybody knows how everybody moves. But okay. of course, there are these little informations. Uh, in football now, people deal with information. The players are waiting for you to give them information. And I also believe that the more information the players have, the mm. more they can function in the field of play. So, you know, what we have gone through as a player, yeah, of course, one way or the other, it will help us. But coming on as a coach also, yeah, due to the challenges, due to the demand, due to the uh, you must win. Mm. Uh, so this brings a lot of pressure, but uh, that will not make you to to you know to divide from yourself. That will not make you to lose your emotion. Yeah. That will not make you to lose your confidence. Uh, people will say a lot of things about you, both truth, both non-truth. Mm-hmm. So, but it's up to you to remain focused. As a leader, you have to be focused because your players are watching on to you. They yes. want uh, you to transmit confidence to them. Whether the result is good or bad, you yes. must always, you know, uh, show that character as a leader. What, 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 um, you, you said something that really, um, struck me now that the players players need information and all of that i i i remember reading a lot during when louis van gaal was um the manager of manchester united I, I, and i did gather that sometimes the players felt that um they were getting information overload is that is that a thing that players might get too many too much information and then also how do you as a coach, um, with the experience you've had with the Nigeria under 17, with in Sudan, with um, the Taifa Stars of Tanzania, how do you how do you um, ensure that there's no information overload? Well, the point is that it's not all about uh, you know uh, bringing a lot of information. There are some information that are meant for the coaches. Uh, which is for the coaches and there are some for the players also mm-hmm. but the important thing is uh, looking at the key points uh, the vital information that uh, you know that you can reach out to your player uh, maybe probably individual uh, uh, talk with your player with key information mm-hmm. or collect it so it all depends on the demand at that particular time but of course the modern football now, uh, having information is key yeah. Uh, even you as a coach, transmit confidence for you. Uh, you cannot just go into the game blindly now, believing because you are, your team is good. Uh, the other teams also are good. So, but it's good to always, you know, have the real uh, information, uh, and then uh, your players also. They, it's not only just information about uh, the opponent. Yeah. Even your team. You have to also assess your team, look at where you people are doing good yep. and uh, the, the area where you people are also are not doing good and then to look at how you can reinforce that area uh, by true correction, by true training and then I think this will boost the confidence of the player. Uh, if you are a modern football now, if you are telling this player you're supposed to do this, uh, and then uh, you are not giving him the real image to tell him this is the fake and this is what you have done good. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes it's irrelevant. But with those things, you share information with your players, uh, you rub mine, and then everybody can know that we're on the same path, and we're on the same page, and this is the direction uh, we are functioning, and this is how we want to function as a team. For we need to be able to achieve our objectives, right? I, I um as again, I, I I I have observed. I've been available to follow your career 
right from that Cairo 91 till when you quit and then now as a as a coach I, I, I also know I've spoken to so many of your of your teammates the people who you won stuff with uh, for the Super Eagles um, back from that AFCON 94 through to um, Atlanta 96 now this this is very important to me and I'm sure to our listeners there was such a the stories we heard about all the shenanigans that went on during that Atlanta Olympics, right? You dealt with all of that and still managed to beat uh, Brazil and Argentina to the gold medal. Now, you have come back and you've been the coach of um, Nigeria at the under-17 level and you've been able to win um, the World Cup twice with two different teams. How, how have things changed organizationally from when you were playing and from when you were coaching? Have, have things changed? Well, of course, there has been a lot. Football has evolved a lot. No, I mean, I mean organizationally, organization in terms of uh, the football authorities in Nigeria. Well, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot say we are same in the 90s and then in 2021 now mm. things are the same because of course you expect as an organization to continue to grow mm. you expect as an organization to continue to develop mm. uh, and when it comes to the youth team uh, I could say I'm privileged to have won the World Cup as an assistant and then uh, going back as a, the head coach and uh, you know uh, winning it again for me it's a very big privilege. Uh, uh, all the people that I have worked with, mm. uh, I, I say a very big thanks to them. But of course, in life there is uh, always a room for improving. There's okay. always to grow much better. Mm. There's always to you know to gather your previous experience and look at how you can use it to advance like, to the level. Uh, when I say football has a lot. Football has changed a lot in terms of uh, every six, six months or every year they are bringing new rules into the game. Yeah. And uh, when the rules are come, uh, you are finding a means and you know develop your players into the new uh, that are coming. Because whether we like it or not, the more the players are knowledgeable about the game, uh, the more better decisions they are taking. And uh, when they are not knowledgeable about the game, the opponent is much not knowledgeable about the game. The opponent will use it again. So it's always uh, good to see how we can develop our player uh, from administrative angle. It's also important because uh, the football in question is not only for the players and coaches. Yep. It's also for the administrator. So everybody that is calculated and involved in the game has a one way or the other roles to play. Mm. The coaches, they have a role to play. The players, they have a role to play. The administrators, they have a role to play. But everybody must come with clean heart mm. uh, and, you know, analysis, analyzing the story from a holistic point of view. And then uh, look at things, what is achievable uh, for now or what is not achievable for now what is important and what is not important and then look at how you can bring the whole thing on board uh, when you talk of nigeria uh, over the years even as a uh, growing up nothing the ambition to play football and then nothing the ambition to play for nigeria yeah. we all came from youth we all know that ambition and i, I always believe we must create an environment where white those can know the ambition of dreaming and saying uh, one day my dream is to play for the national team yep. regardless of your tribe regardless of your religion regardless of your culture you have the right regardless if you are poor or rich you have the right to know that ambition you have the right to dream to represent the country and I think this is what we should create on the youth level you know and uh, uh, the game has changed. Uh, uh, in the 90s, uh, there is nothing like MRI where you talk about under 17. Yeah. But over the years now, the, the, uh, the under 17 now, if you don't pass the MRI, you have no playing in under 17. 
So even if you pass it at the end stage, the process for the process for an African team to make it to the World Cup is a very long journey. It's a serious project. So you are doing MRI in between to make sure that your players are in a good position that they will not fail. But it all requires uh, the kind of nutrition that involved. Uh, which the doctors, you know, uh, we come up with a very solid plan. Uh, you and I know that uh, the bone is a living cell. Yes. And uh, the MR is being done on the wrist. And, uh, uh, since the bone is a living cell, uh, so the bone has the right to grow. Uh, we cannot say because somebody is a player, uh, then somebody 50 years, he cannot grow. Genetically, everybody is different. Uh, some people adapt differently some people adapt so quick so when we come up with a comprehensive report apart from the mri point of view mm. then we can look at our players and say okay we are ready to go and compete what kind of information we pass into the academy uh, for over the years uh, in nigeria now most national team players they all came from the academy only few are from the league so how can we, you know, harness the academies? How can we pass the right information to the academies? How can we educate the academies owners? The academies owners, most of them are individuals that are investing their money. Mm. So, but it's a good thing because they're contributing also to the development of the game in Nigeria. But how can we now help them as a federation? How can we now help them as an institution to really understand since the academy is the pathway to the under 17. So yeah. there's a whole lot of things, you know, that we need to do to help our football to grow. Even the senior players, the super ego, there's a whole lot of things. Uh, we shouldn't forget that football, national team is not being played forever. Yes. Uh, it all depends on your luck. It all depends on other factors. It all depends on the moment. And uh, uh, our players should know this. Uh, if I'm privileged to play in the national team, my responsibility is to put in my best. Uh, I have always emphasized those that went through me, the Osimes, the Chukweze, the, the Wakali. I have always told them one thing. But unfortunately, you know, in Nigeria, when you tell people hard work, uh, people don't value hard work much. Mm. People think mm. uh, I must have Godfather. I must know somebody. No, you don't need to know anybody. You just need to believe in yourself. You need to work hard. And then the people that will come around you, we see the people that God will direct to help you to complete your journey. Mm. So I think these are things we have to know from holistical point of view. Regardless of uh, uh, the thinking we have in Nigeria, this guy from this guy is from Aousa, this guy is from Ibo, uh, this group is supposed to be there. No, we should create a, a grant. We are, whether you are Aousa, you are Yoruba, you are Ibo, what people judge is, is he capable of doing the job? Mm. Is he capable of delivering? Delivering is not only when you win, or you win the cup. No, uh, there is a route. Like they said, the uh, road to success is always under construction. Yep. So there is always a, a road that will lead to success. But before that success comes, uh, there has to be a lot of bash. There has to be a lot of ups and downs. There mm -hmm. has to be through those ups and downs, through those challenges. This is where we grow. If we remain firm, if we focus on what we are doing, and then we can boast that in the next so-so years, we are going to you know do something meaningful in the World Cup. Uh, this is how I reason. And, uh, being in the game for a very long time and being privileged to have played in big club yep. and living in Europe and seeing how the game is going and how people are, are educating their coaches to yep. train the young ones, how the big coaches are also growing. Because everybody is trying to grow, everybody is trying to adapt to the changes that the game comes. Mm. And I believe if we can be honest and holistic at ourselves, and then do the needful. There is nothing to stop for. We are blessed with talent. Yeah. And I, I know we have a lot of talented players in Nigeria. Uh, see, um, you you stand in a unique position, having played in... Um, in you started out at Julius Berger at the time, even if you didn't stay long there. And then you went to play in uh, Egypt with, um, with Zamalek. And then, yeah. as a coach... You've also been able to, you've coached 
you've coached uh, on the 17th that's in Nigeria and then you've been to you've been in to Sudan you've been to Tanzania you've also been um, in Egypt okay. now you what do we need to do what what do we need to do in Nigeria to get the our league up to the standard that I'm sure you've experienced in in Egypt because as we were discussing we discussed last night and I've checked the last 11 of the last 11 Champions League winners seven have come from uh, North Africa um, uh, what uh, Tipi Mazembe Tipi Mazembe and uh, Mamelodi Sundowns of um, of yes. of South Africa have been the ones who have stopped it being a clean sweep of those eleven winners. What what do yeah. we what do we need to do in in the Nigerian in Nigeria to get our league on this level? Well, first of all, what we need to do in our league, nothing, uh, Kevin. To be honest, nothing is easy. The diversity of our country uh, make it much difficult. Uh, for things uh, to function normally. But I think in whatever you are doing in life, mm. as long as you take away sentiment, uh, as long as there is rules of law, there is pe- people respect uh, the rules of law. Uh, mistakes, you will do mistakes, mm. of course. Uh, challenges will come. Uh, I always say one thing, like in Nigeria, we say, ah, that, that guy is a young boy. No, no, he doesn't have muscles. Then you ask a question. When will he grow? When will he mature? And how will he mature? If he's he not will given a chance. the process of mm. what he's doing. Mm. So he will, he will. So through all this process, there will be mistakes, but there will be learning. There will be possibility of improving. I think our league, we all, I, I was privileged to play in that, in that league also. But of course, you know, uh, when you look at the standard of the league, is uh, is being honest to ourselves and telling ourselves first, uh, change is possible. Uh, you see, when person, when someone is sick, uh, for you to administer him a, a kind of medicine, you must know what's wrong with him. First. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we have to tell ourselves truth. Our league is not, bad, but our league can be better. So what? people expect us to be because we have the players uh, we have to create a, a common ground we are people I, I give you an example uh, Heartland since 2000 and, uh, 2013 when you look 2013 up to date on the 17th mm. you could see many players have gone from east that have gone through that war on the 17th walk and probably one way or the other, most of these players they came to have land. Okay. But uh, you know, we have this peculiar saying and this peculiar belief in Nigeria. Ah, he's a small boy. So since he's a small boy, he cannot play. He doesn't have muscle. Mm. I also have the same experience uh, when I was coming up in a, as a player. Uh, I wanted to sign for ACB before I moved to Las Vegas. The first thing he was, uh, ah, no, this guy is a small boy, he cannot play. So we have this norm <laughs> in Nigeria of looking at people appearance before we make decisions. Mm. But none of us, you know, have this capacity of uh, capacity building in time. This guy today is a small boy, but in the next five years, he will be a big boy. He will develop. It can bring a lot of things to the club. So when we start having this, you know, change of heart of accommodating, look at the World Cup players. The players that have been in the World Cup 2013, uh, World Cup we won. The players that 2015, then the ones after 2015. How many of them is is registered in the Nigerian League? Mm. How many of them are in Nigerian League? No, because most of the club, they don't believe in the young players. It was only Imama that uh, took John Lazarus, uh, Anumu Dudochupu, that plays our left back in 2015. Lazarus, right fullback, that took them to Wenkanemi. So, mm-hmm. how many coaches are, are willing to accommodate a young player? Even if the player is not going to 
start playing immediately. But through those process of training, through those process of uh, involving in the team, we make him to mature. The Brazilians, is he all their players that travel to Europe? No. When the when they when the World Cup ends, the ones that are privileged to travel to Europe, they will travel to Europe. And the ones that are not privileged, they will continue their information in their country mm. by involving in different leagues, competing. In the next four years, we will hear that player that was in under 17. He's not a big star going to Manchester, coming to Barcelona. So these are what these are what we call development. It's not everybody that will go to Europe. But in Nigeria, we don't do that. Nobody, most of the clubs, they will say, oh, no, they are small boys under 17. What can they do? But we fail to realize that if we don't accommodate those boys, because we as a nation, we have been able to give, give you know, we have given those players the opportunity of exposure by mm. going to the World Cup. Mm. Now, it's our duty to continue to expose those boys by involving them in the league. The ones that travel that side, they can travel. They continue their formation. But the ones in Nigeria, we can involve them in the league and they continue to grow. So in the next four or five days, you still have those same boys now representing the senior team because they have the experience, they have the exposure. But the problem, in my way, the problem is this, which is something I was going to ask you, is for the last four years, the last four, four or five years, it has it's become almost a crime to play in the Nigerian League because the the Federation and the entire national super egos coaching crew they have nothing but disdain and disrespect for anybody who plays in the nigerian league so this is probably why some of the players will say that if i if i if i if i'm playing in the nigerian league i have no chance of playing for the super egos this never used to be so what we can do, of course, I'm glad that uh, at least uh, we are trying to change this, the coach. But uh, yeah, uh, for the normal, basic, and uh, the right things to do, uh, it will be wrong for we to say uh, the players in Nigeria uh, uh, they cannot play in the national team. One, we all we are we are aware that the standard of the league can never be the same the standard in Europe. But of course, uh, those players you're looking at, they all know the ambition of uh, playing for their country. Yes. And uh, uh, there is no way you can see one or two, three players cannot be in the, in the national team. And when we have that, we are not expecting those players also to play immediately. You see, we have to be, we have to be honest. I, wa- I was in the national team also. I was playing in, 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 in Egypt. And when I came, to the super egos, most matches, some matches I start from the bench. Of course, no matter all are part of learning because we met people there where we can we make cases. These are people we've been watching on TV. Uh, we we have seen, and we accorded them their respect. They accorded us our respect. They knew that we are good. We are here to help the team. But there is process. And those processes afforded us the possibility to, even when they are discussing, most of the time we are sitting closer to them, hearing what they are talking. It's like in the village when an elder brings you closer and tells you, go and bring cola, uh, bring water. They are teaching you. Mm. They are not telling you to go and bring those things because, uh, no, they cannot go. But they are teaching you process because they knew tomorrow they might not be there. And when you learn, you can pass to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So if we, I'm not the coach, and I respect every coach opinion, but mm. of course my stance and my uh, my say has been the players in Nigeria we cannot take away their moral. We must give them the sense of belonging. Uh, uh, we are we are, say we want to tell ourselves true. The standard may not be the same, but by the time we accommodate them three four months, they they able to train with the professional. Believe me. Their mentality will change. It's not only about playing. They will learn some certain things and maybe when they go back to their club, they can be able to transmit the same things to their teammates. So these are things of learning. But for we to say, ah, no, no, because our league, the players are not... 
Uh, what we are doing is uh, we are all, we are just killing our own because those players, whether we like it or not, they are our brothers, they are our family. They are players like uh, they are players we are all looking onto. So we must encourage them. We are not saying they are the best. We are not telling anybody that these players will come and take uh, uh, the position. But of course, for them to lose that illusion, for them to lose that belief that if I work very hard, mm -hmm. I have the possibility of being invited in the national team. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing wrong if the players at the end invited in the national team and one club in Europe can see them and take them. These are part of also increasing the economy. It will help the team, it will help the players, we give the player a better opportunity to develop his football. So, for me, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm not the coach, and the coach has the uh, the right to make it. It's it's a good point you mentioned. This you have you have coached a team to qualify for the Afcon. You have you have um, as we say in this part of the world, you have earned your stripes as a coach. You earned your stripes as a as a footballer. You earned your stripes as a as a coach. Um, you've 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 gone around. You have vast experience in you have um, vast experience in the African continent. Do you what what is your how do I put it? What what would you consider your next steps? Is it um, national team coaching or you still more interested in um, in clubs? Plus plus um we've we've had um, I've had I've had Nigerians on this show. Who are coaching abroad? Mdubisi um, I've had him. Um, I, I, I have, I've, I've had him. Um, um, I've forgotten his. Oh God, he, he also coaches in the US. Do you, do you desire also to, to start coaching abroad? And you know, um, uh, Ulisse used to coach. Sunday used to coach for Citad. Yeah, Ulisse coached also. Yeah. You know, so what, what is your, what is your aim for the next? What's it there? Next, what? Eighteen months. What do you? Where do you hope to be? Well, my aim, my aim is to continue. First of all, my aim is to coach because I love coaching, mm. and uh, I love coaching is not just because of uh, the money. I love coaching because that is what I deprive enjoy. Uh, so I like to share my experience with people. Well, the the issue of coaching in Europe is I did my coaching course in Europe. Uh, I acquire all that is required to be a coach, uh, a professional coach mm -hmm. at all categories. Uh, but you and I know I have said it openly in BBC. I'm not. Uh, it's not about racist or this. But the way the world is going, yeah. I keep on saying it. Uh, the way the world is going, I think uh, the Europeans, other continents, they should be rethinking because. Uh, it cannot be in Spanish league. You cannot even find one uh, black coach. Hmm. Uh, if you go to Germany, the same thing. So the world is changing. Uh, nobody is asking for anything uh, different from any other thing. The same way they are giving their people the opportunity, they can also create the same opportunity to everybody. Uh, if, if people uh, having coaches advocate in Europe, and at the end of the day, it is irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, so What's the point? I think it's of no use even having the certificate. But uh, for me, I'm okay. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a liberal and I'm, I'm an open guy. I can go anywhere without uh, being crazy. If I coach in Europe, uh, I coach in Europe. At the end of the day, what matters to me is to continue to learn and grow as a coach. Uh, if it is the will of God, one day we will coach in Europe. And if it is not, there is nothing wrong about that. Wherever we can coach, mm. as long as our service uh, can bring something positive uh, to where we are coaching. Uh, for me, it's a welcome development. Uh, that is how I see about this coaching issue. Uh, uh, we are not blaming Spain because at the end of the day, we live. I live in Spain, I did my coaching but of course the Spanish people they will encourage their people and uh, I keep on saying the same thing in Africa if we don't learn to, to encourage our own uh, we always remain the same uh, even the next generation we come we will never have confidence in our own so we must learn to encourage our own 
we must create an environment uh, where our coaches can grow, where our coaches can develop. We must create an environment. Uh, today, the last edition of AFCON, uh, the people that are uh, involved in the final were two yeah. African coaches, yeah. which is good for our football. Which yes. says African coaches we are coming. Today, you have a coach from South Africa, Pizzo, that is uh, with Ali. Mm. Uh, so, if we start giving opportunity to our people and having patience, the same patience we have with the Europeans that we bring, we must also have the same patience with our own people. Uh, we must know that all roads are not the same. Uh, but what I'm saying, and I remain on it, even if I die tomorrow, you ask about it, and remain on it, and I'm blunt about it, we must learn to encourage our people. Uh, we must learn to be patient with our coaches. We must develop a framework where our coaches can grow. Uh, Anthony in the calf with his team, uh, they are doing a whole lot of uh, great work this when it comes to the coaching this and is Bafo, right? program they are involving in the car. So uh, we must support them. You know, these are things that we need that can help our football in Africa and our coaches to grow. Uh, in Europe here, uh, you and I know if you don't do the courses, the courses is not just only about attending. You must write exams. Yeah. You must be able to defend your thesis. You must be able to write the exam. Even if, if you don't write good exam, they will not pass you. Uh, on the practical aspect of it, you must be able to defend your practice in the training. Uh, you must be able to be organized. You must be able to explain. Uh, you must be able to demonstrate. So if we can do all these things to help our coaches, why not? Why can't we grow? Uh, if one person made a mistake, that means all the African countries are bad. So we, we continue to build, like I said, you know, road to success is always under construction. And we must continue to construct, must continue to build, must continue to, to dream. We cannot be dreaming what do we work on by just talking, or by talking, uh, speaking English. All those things are good politically to speak good English. But uh, you and I know in football, there is no English in football. <laughs> it's what you have in the brain and what you, what your team uh, have that can lead them to have a good result or to lose. So if we can do all this, we must embrace challenges. Uh, not, nobody is going to give you anything for free. Yeah. And uh, no journey is going to be smooth. Our oh, next body, I will just no. You have to, you have to work. You have to prepare your players. Uh, you have to uh, develop confidence to people because what you are doing also is capacity building yep, to your players. That's true. So that's true. you must develop all those things to your players to be in the right frame of mind, the right uh, state of position to compete. This is how I see about it. As for me, me I'm, you see, me, I'm happy in terms of, I can say at least I'm privileged. I have been going there, I have been going there. Uh, after the under 20 when we lost in Nigeria that was the time I told myself it's time to move out of Nigerian space and, and I don't think I made a mistake about that because if you don't sometimes if you don't push yourself you will never know if you are, if you are capable or not we all can be in Nigeria we want to coach Nigeria yeah everybody wants to coach Nigeria but we want to, we want to come and coach when we know we have ideas we can offer something yeah. not just about coaching you, you've made a you made a you've made a point that I don't think a lot of people um, understand this narrative, and I, I've I've gotten tired of trying to explain it to uh, to people who sit down in Nigeria and be saying why are um, those Nigerian ex internationals why are they not trying to get jobs in Europe? And I'm saying there are black people who are who are citizens of these European countries are, and they're not even getting jobs. You're now expecting a Nigerian who played for Nigeria, who is also black, to come and be getting the job in in Europe. How does that work? That is not. It does. The Europeans will they would look for, as you said, they will look out for their own first before they start to think of uh, of 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 um, of an outsider. Now this, this brings me to um, the the main. Question I want to ask you: What is it that makes African sports administrators want to trust a a European first, giving European more patience than they will give to their own people? Why? What is that about? 
I don't know, Kevin, but uh, you and I know we grew up uh, believing that, uh, you know, when we were colonized, that was what we read in the school. Mm. And, uh, uh, we believe in that, uh, yeah, a black man is not good. And, uh, people cannot achieve anything. So we have always had that belief that uh, we'll be playing second position. But I think uh, the, the, the way the world is going, the generation, uh, time for people to, you know, uh, there is a lot of positive things in us. There's a whole lot of positive uh, mindset in which uh, black race and the Nigerians, in particularly when it comes to the game. Mm. Uh, what we need to do is to create a possible environment, an ideal environment uh, where people can learn. I, I was pretty easy. I do my things uh, in a way that sometimes people say, ah, this guy is crazy. Uh, when they were doing the CAF A license, I decided to come down to Nigeria to do that course. Uh, A license. I came down. I have all the coaching certificates, but I said, no, I must do the CAF A license. Yes. And I went. And I, I know it was very, very interesting. And I thank Kifoni uh, Bide, Laloko, James Peter, CG, Late Shaibu Amodu, may you still rest in peace. Amen. You know? Uh, these people, you know, they organize this uh, uh, this tournament. There are few. They organize the, the coaching clinic, and uh, you see a lot of people. You, you you see coaches that are coaching in the first division. You know, it was a very good fun, and uh, we learned a lot of things. Yeah, I have been to a European course, but I say I must learn. And to me, to be very honest to you, it was a very good experience for me. I learned a lot of things uh, in that course. Mm -hmm. And I have that. So the issue is that uh, we must create enabling environment to allow people to learn. Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, if you don't create environment where people can learn and, uh, and improve in their knowledge, you don't expect people to come and give you... It's like you got to bring players. You say, ah, they are talented. They are good. They will win. And then you assemble them because he controls balls with the ear. Ah, he dribbles <laughs> ten people in the village. And then you say, okay, ah, we are going to play Spain. We dribble ten people. And you have to prepare him because in Spanish football, before you control the balls, the players are on you. Mm. So all those things you have to train the players. You have to explain it for them to really understand. So what I'm actually meaning is that uh, we shouldn't shy away from responsibility. Uh, uh, whatever we are doing today in Nigeria with our football, we are doing it for the today and for the future. Mm. If we develop our coaches, we are developing our coaches to be in a position to give us a better result in the future. We are developing our coaches to be in a, be a better position to be able to transmit the same concept and idea to the next generation that is coming behind them. Mm. We are creating a standard of trust. We are creating a standard where the coaches need to realize that I need to learn to, for me to be in a position to be able to discharge my duty. So mm. we have to create all those things. We need to teach our coaches. The game in question is involving. We have to take our, play, our coaches back to involve with the game. Hmm. Uh, the the, the now that uh, you and I know, what are the UEFA doing? The UEFA now, they have realized that most of the the game is practical. So they are involving more, their coaches more on practical. And that is the reality, the fact. Because the mm. moment you train more, you develop confidence. The moment you train a team, you build capacity, uh, your communication with the team becomes much better. Mm. So uh, these are the areas I'm concerned. I'm not concerned because, yeah, I'm Emmanuel Muneke. I was like, okay, today everybody talk about, yeah. Even people talk about me is irrelevant to me. Uh, I have always what matter is how can we develop the next generation that is coming. One day I will step aside. The next one that is coming, we all will be supporters. Already we are supporters. We are fans, mm. but we are not playing. Uh, but from in a in a distance, we'll be watching. We'll be supporting. I will be happy to see ah, Nigeria. We are doing well. So these are the things we must build capacity. And when when we are in a position, we are not in a position to uh, 
to become bad to people. We are not in a position to frustrate people. We are in a position, even the coaches in question, are they perfect? Nobody is perfect. But we must create a standard where we will discuss with our coaches, where we rub mind with our coaches, yeah. where we want to know the challenges our coaches are facing. And then we can know the areas we need to come in to help them. We cannot just uh, say, okay, I, I, I employ this coach, just go and win. All those things don't pass, no longer. Then I will just bring players there. Go, ah, oh boy, I will bring players. No, no, no. Even the players we are bringing in, what is their capacity of educational aspect of the game? Because one of the things I observe as a coach in football, mm. when a player is educated, he's intelligent in his decision making. Yeah. When a player is not educated, his decision making be, you know, becomes woeful. Wow. So these are things we have to help our players. These are things we have to help our coaches. Who is going to help the players? The coaches. How are we going to prepare our coaches to be in a position to help our players? We need to come up with this program. It's not just a one-month program. No, it's a, a blueprint. So even the next generation of coaches that are coming, they know we have to go through this print with the new adjustment that is coming in because the game is changing. As it's changing, you have to adjust the blueprint. And then, so these are my, my take. Uh, it's not because, uh, well, I'm grateful. Ludovic is grateful he coached in Europe. Only mm. uh, say in question is privileged to have coached in Europe. Uh, me, I'm grateful and I'm privileged. I, most of us, let's say we live in Europe. So we have that privilege mm. to at least say, let us attend the courses. But how many coaches in Africa have that privilege or have the money to come to Europe and educate himself? It's not possible. It's not easy for, for them. So, But if we can do that in our only two way in Africa, why not? Our coaches, they will grow, they will develop. Ima, you know how you're sounding. The responsibility of everybody. <laughs> you know how you're sounding. You're you are even sounding more like now the coach of the coaches. You sound like somebody who is thinking a lot longer, a, a, a lot wider. You're even thinking about the processes of educating the coaches, which every every society, every football society especially the African and Nigerian football society, requires a, a plan, a blueprint. You, you sound like you have, you're thinking about that. You're thinking about more yeah, long term. Because, because, Kevin, because mm. I have, you see, I'm an African. Mm. And uh, I, I was privileged to have played in Africa to the highest level. Mm. And now I'm into coaching. And I, I can see how the world is involving. So for me, it's not about me. Uh, even even my campaign that in Europe people should give us opportunity. It's not even about me. If tomorrow the next next generation can have the opportunity to coach here, that is one of the achievements we are fighting for. Yeah. That is the achievement. So if we can win World Cup in Africa, do you know what it will, it will be? For an African country, a country in Africa or African continent, I mean, to win a World Cup. That will be a turning around of everything. Indeed. Because when we, when we won the Olympic, it was a turning around of African football. Then the next edition, Cameroon went there and won. Mm -hmm. That was when they start according us slot. Mm. And when we when we win the World Cup, it will be a turning around of everything. But for we to win the World Cup, first we must be honest ourselves. Second, we must be open to develop. Third, we must be open to accommodate. If mm. we're always running away, like we make mistakes. Ah, we'll go lose. We'll go lose. Yeah, we'll lose. There will be a time you will lose. But some losses, you know, provide you the opportunity to reflect things from a mm. political point of view. So my dream has always been, yeah, I live here, I have kids here. But what of people that are not privileged to live in Europe or have kids where their kids that play football can know the ambition of playing at highest level. So these are these are my dreams. I'm passionate when it comes to Africa, when it comes to our football in Nigeria. Me, I'm passionate. I'm crazy about <laughs> it, and uh, that's why when as a coach, 
when I was there coaching, a lot of people will not don't like me. Because me, I don't have time for romancing. Uh, no, 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 no. If you if you have player, if your player is good, let him come and play. Football is not office. Mm. <laughs> Everybody will see if he's a good player or not. At least if I say he's not a good player, uh, four people tell me he's a good player. That means maybe I'm not seeing it clear. We will go back and review. That's why you have to. Uh, Sime today, we are. I remember Sime. The first game, I did not speak of Sime. It was my backroom staff that they came to me. They said, ah, coach, that boy is like he's saying he has to understand. I don't see him. I don't see him. But unfortunately, because I have a lot of team players waiting to play, and I have to go and select other team to prepare them because they play, each, each team play 30 minutes. Okay. So, and in that 30 minutes, I'm not even looking at your, what I'm looking is your intelligence. That is what I'm looking. Your intelligence about the, how you deal with the ball. Because we know physically, practically, all those things have to come later. And when they approach me, they say, I could see that I is a boy. I say, which boy? I say, I don't see anything. I say, okay, let, let him wait. Let's see him. Yeah, when we bring him, one thing I like about Victor is the hunger, the desire. Yes, yes. Uh, that is what <laughs> Victor is a very, he, he, he wants to eat the world. He has that hunger. Mm. And then when we start working, 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 then he became a much better player. But So what I'm saying is, our duty, we, nah, that are growing, we are older, we are this. What we own people is truth. What we own Nigerians is truth. What we own the young players is truth. Mm. At that particular time, people may not like it. Ah, no, why coach, they tell me like this. Yeah, because people want to hear different things. But when they grow, get to the, my stage, they begin to realize, no, that's the way coach, they tell me that time. grow. <laughs> So, my brother, whether we own people, not truth. Whether we own Nigeria, whether we coach Nigeria, we no coach Nigeria. What we own them is truth, because Nigeria has given me the platform as a player to grow. And it will be wrong that after many years living in Europe, uh, mixing and uh, relating with people, then I go come come back. Uh, if I see white, I go say I agree, just because I want to benefit in something. No, I own people is truth. My truth may not, you may not like it, but uh, when time goes, you go say, ah, that guy is not true in Toko. So my dream is to see us, Nigeria, make we grow. Because our football don't pass the level where we did. Very true. If, see, we don't go, if we don't go, we have gone to World Cup, not once. We have won Olympic. So uh, there must be level there must of be next, operational. The next level, yes. See, before I, to set us in a direction to say, oh boy, this World Cup, at least more each final, more each semi-final, and it's achievable. Mm. But things have to be done from a professional point of view, from political point of view, from honest point of view. Uh, you look at the players into the eyes, you tell them, oh boy, you need to work more. You have to do more because you have the ability. If, if I leave my terrain, which is fit, Go they operate in another terrain. Who will know me? Nobody will know Amuneke. Yeah, people know me. It's on the pitch. True. And when I there for peace, this is where we make people to know that Amuneke is existing. But anything from that pitch, any other thing, okay, maybe in uh, maybe in uh, in brother or maybe in Nigeria. So, uh, See, uh, Kevin, this is how uh, I mean, I speak from holistic point of truth, and, and I'm not telling anybody to that. I won't convince you, but if, if me and you, or you and I know that uh, football we want to win, uh, there's a saying, say, hard work is a non negotiable term. Mm. Hard work is a non negotiable term in whatever we do. It might, it's painful, out, but they tire, but that hard work. In the mix of obstacle, your hard work with single-handed take you to where God don't plan for you. I, I this has been fascinating. Before I let you go, eh, can you, if you can, eh, what can you tell us your top three eh, memories as either as a coach or as a player? Your top three, not in any order. Well, my memory as a player is uh, uh, first 
Signed for Barcelona. How did that? When your agent, whoever told you that Barcelona was interested, that you, from US beggar Euro sixty five, is now about to sign for Barcelona. Talk, talk, talk me through how you felt at the time. Well, actually, I, I, I never knew it was Barcelona. Of course, uh, the agent came and he was saying, "Ah, there is one team." And Spain that wants to say you, but uh, you know, he never really mentioned if it was Barcelona or Madrid uh, till I think uh, the day we came and then uh, in the plane he told me that there is Barcelona. <laughs> what? I was, uh, I was excited, uh, of course, there's always uh, when you are changing from place to new place, mm. of course, there is this conservation of uh, doubt. Yes. Uh, uh, of course, there is this conservation of that, but at the same time, you were happy uh, that uh, you are going to uh, Barcelona. And luckily for me, you know, my teammate, former teammate, which is Luis Figo, we played together in, in Sporting Lisbon, mm-hmm. left uh, that same year to Barcelona. So for me, going and uh, joining him again, it was a privilege uh, that uh, at least. I'm going in to meet people that I, you know, that I I have played with. Mm. But on getting there, it was much easier for me because the players they even they welcomed me. Everybody welcomed me, and uh, it was much easier. I remember Sportscorp, you know, uh, he took me out for for lunch with his car. Uh, I was close to Laurent Blanc. I used to sit close to Apelado with Nadal. So it was much easier for me, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, I say, okay, I'm here, I'm, I'm one of them, I'm part of them. Mm. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I was not able to fulfill my dream or even fulfill what people expected from me because of injury. But you know, that's that past. Now we, we we learn, we move ahead, and uh, we thank God. At least, no matter what we have gone through during that period, it wasn't an easy time also. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, injury time, it wasn't an easy time for me because I was keen of trying to to recover back. I I went to America. I have to operate and yes. all these things. But 
at the end of the day, you know, uh, it wasn't easy. But the important thing, uh, Kevin, mm. uh, we are still alive today. That's true. <laughs> at least we can tell our our son. I was I played here. Yes, so <laughs> sometimes my my son say, ah, "Why are they calling you?" <laughs> like somebody, somebody called me yesterday from Brazil, journalist yeah. from Brazil. <laughs> It has been absolutely fantastic having you on your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you so very much. And I want to use this opportunity to, to on behalf of Nigerians, to thank you for your services to the country, both as a player thank and you. as a coach. Thank you so very thank much. Thank you, my brother. God, God bless you. God bless Nigeria. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so that was it. An absolutely fantastic time I've had with Ima um, on this show today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I did think at some point that maybe we've gone on for too long, but no. I cannot have Emmanuel Amunike prepared to speak to me for nearly an hour, and I want to stop him. If you consider this show um, the number of the number of minutes or the hour we spent, we consider it too long for you to listen to the show it was not for you and um, whatever Emmanuel Amunike has to say is probably also not for you but for those of you who have stayed to the end even to the point of listening to this closing I thank you for listening and I ask you to please be prepared to share to um, on your very on your various platforms that you use to listen to podcasts once again my name is Calvin Emekonwoka and it has been my privilege being your host on this Your Sports Memo podcast episode. Till I come to your next episode, peace out.